good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. So welcome to the sixth week of uh, Faith in Action, which is our community-wide book study. And this year we are studying uh, Eric Butterworth's book, In the Flow of Life. And Eric Butterworth was really legendary unity minister and spiritual teacher. And we're looking at chapter seven, Life Comes to Pass. Now I have to ask a question first. Are there any English majors in the room? I <laughs> there's, there's someone back. I apologize in advance. <laughs> All things come to pass. I mean, that's an easy thing to say. And I mean, we all know that nothing will last forever, but we're in the middle of a challenge. We often have difficulty seeing through to the other side. Or, you know, we want to pick that boulder up. Now, there's a well-known story about a family having a, 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 a slight disagreement, and it's a good example of this. And there's one character, the son, has a moment of reflection. And he says, to be or not to be, that is the question. Whether tis nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune or to take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing, end them. And then he goes on for a while whining about things and then he decides to take things in his own hands and then, because it's Shakespeare, everybody dies. <laughs> Now, I'm thinking that there's probably better ways to resolve conflict in this family. <laughs> what if Hamlet had had this book? <laughs> in this story, his fortune is outrageous. And we may say that Hamlet is being a drama prince. <laughs> I apologized, didn't I? <laughs> But honestly, don't we all throw a bit of drama into our experiences? Slings and arrows, oh my! <laughs> no, it's healthy and natural to have an emotional reaction to a challenge. We don't want to, you know, repress it all. But we also need to make sure that we're not making things bigger or worse. To take up arms against a sea of troubles by opposing end to them? Opposition and the resistance is the best way to not only keep the situation going, it's the best way to make it your own. You know, we live in a material world and things seem solid and real and we do tend to, th so that's one of the reasons why we think of things in terms of forever. Either we're having such a great time we don't want it to end or we're so miserable we feel like it's going to last until the end of time. And so it came to me one day that one of our difficulties in being present might have to do with the fact that, honestly, we can only live in now. 
We can't move out of now. It's all we have. And if we're uncomfortable, now feels like forever. And we want to escape. And so our minds wander. And it's not a conscious act, at least not usually. It's natural for us to want to feel that emotional place, be in that emotional place where we feel safe and comfortable. And so, really, we're sort of perpetually confused. We want things to change. Well, we don't want things to change, unless it's our own idea. And then it can't happen fast enough. <laughs> so, what are some of the constructive things, or some constructive ways to move through a season of discomfort? I would say first, one of the first things to do is to take time to discover what's really going on with you. And here's some questions to ask. How do I feel? What is really going on? Does it have anything to do with me? If it does, what can I do? What can I not do? What happens if I just wait? These questions are a lot more valuable than, than you might imagine. You know, I've never made it through all the way through A Course in Miracles because I hit a lesson that said, you are never upset for the reason you think. This particular sentence did a number on me. It slammed me up against the wall, ricocheted around in my brain for a while, and it created an internal shift that changed my entire life. It completely changed how I saw and interacted with the entire world. That insight gave me the wisdom and the strength to learn to take a step back and consider before taking action. And no, I'm not perfect at it, but it really changed me from being reactive to being much more responsive. Now, once you have your why and your what, you can take action, and the very best action is to start to change your perspective, change your thinking. Now, you think I'm probably going to, you're probably thinking I'm going to talk about affirmative prayer, and I am. But there's something that goes along with affirmative prayer, and that is called denial. Denial and affirmation is a specific prayer process, and it's very effective. But the idea of denial gets to be really tricky. I've taught a few classes on it, and honestly, I'm still trying to figure out the best way to help people relate to the idea of denial. Because we've gotten so caught up with the idea of affirmations that denial has been ignored or turned into get over it, when it actually is an integral part of scientific prayer. And the idea also of denial also confuses people because of just the word, the, the baggage that that word carries, especially in this day and age. Our thirst, first thought about denial is that we're pretending like nothing's happening. But that's not it. That's not it at all. In metaphysics, the exercise of denial is for the purpose of declaring that a situation or circumstance doesn't have any power over you. A friend and I were at lunch one day, and she was really struggling in her life, and she was really trying to learn some of the principles. And at one point, she became very quiet and very serious. And she said, when she does her affirmation work, she will always include something about what she was wanting to let go. And she looked at me, and she was so serious. And she says, I have another friend who says, you should never, ever say anything negative in an affirmation. She was so earnest and so sincere, I did the only thing I could do is I burst out laughing. <laughs> now, fortunately, she knows me. 
And when I started laughing, you could just see her entire body relaxed and this, the relief washed over her face. And I explained that the process of denial and affirmation is where you first, you declare the, the, the circumstance has no power over you and then you free yourself from being attached to it. It's like a tire on my car might be flat, but it doesn't have to have power over my life. I can let it ruin my day. I can have a 100% flat tire, kick it, get a broken toe, go to the ER, or I can figure out how to get it fixed and just move on. I'm not denying the fact. I am accepting that that's what's going on, but I don't let it run me. And no, not everything is as simple as a flat tire. I do know that. I've been around for a while. But when you make a firm statement that a certain situation doesn't have power over you, you open the way for your own affirmation work to take hold. Piling affirmations onto an icky situation won't do much good. In fact, it won't do any good at all unless you let go and deny the power of that situation. It'll just fester underneath. We have to clear away the debris. Now, to be clear, the language our new thought for persons use is not always helpful to our mo modern thinking because they were always, honestly, when I read the language from the early, late 19th century, early 20th century, they were really bossy. You must do this, you have to do this, you need, it's like, you know, I'm a modern woman, I don't need to do anything. Oh, that's a different thing. Anyway, so, <clears throat> So they would, they would say, you declare, there is no such thing as a headache. And you're going, want to bet? Therefore, I do not have a headache. I am healthy and free. And you're thinking, liar. <laughs> now that back talk is your friend because it tells you what you really think about something. If you're doing affirmation or denial work and you're hearing that other little voice, pay attention to it because that's giving you lots of clues of where you really are. And it's when you become aware of how you're, how you're thinking about something is when you start to you know, be able to change it. And so over the years, I have developed my own vocabulary for my denials. And these are suggestions. I say things like, oh, okay, my head hurts. Oh, okay, I release the tension and pain in my head. I am relaxed and whole. Or I might say, the pain in my head is now dissolved and I am alert and present. Or, and this is my favorite one and probably the one I use the most, this headache is not necessary to my being. I don't need this. Not in terms of I don't need this, but in terms of I do not need this. I do not claim it. I release this energy to its highest good. And I don't, I very rarely get a virus. But if that happens, I sit down and I have a conversation with the virus. I explain to it that we don't need each other, that I appreciate that it needs a place to live, but it's not with me. And I release it to its highest good, and I ask it to release me to my highest good. And it helps. It doesn't always make it go completely instantly away, but it helps. So I clear out my mental closet in the way that works best for me. And I would say, find the, the language that works for you best to disown situations. You see, there's a difference kind of really between denying and disowning, right? Because you can acknowledge a condition or a situation without actually claiming it. And I, I, I 
you know, watch your language and avoid saying things like my headache, my disease, my accident, my whatever. If you have to name it, call it the headache, the accident, the divorce, the disease. Keep it as neutral as possible because when you do that, you deny it power. Your affirmation recharges you by putting the power in the right place. And yes, it is also true <clears throat> that denial and affirmation can be used to gloss over things. They absolutely can be used in that way. They can be used to, they can be used to pretend that something isn't happening. All is well, all is well, all is well. No one here has ever done that, I know that. I'm just mentioning it in case you come across someone who has. And so this little ditty came to my mind and it seems perfect for this discussion. And I'm not going to sing it, but it's row, row, row your boat gently down the stream, merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Or if you want to sound a little more intellectual, you could have propel, propel, propel your craft, swift, softly down the liquid solution, ecstatically, 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 existence is simply an illusion. I think I have to give credit to Mr. Rogers for that. So in this, we hear that life is but a dream or it's simply an illusion. And physics and new thought will back up the idea that earth life is not real. And personally, I, while I agree with that, I think it's a dangerous way to think about our lives. There is in my mind a huge difference between not real and impermanence. Our feelings are real. Our experiences are real and they have a very definite effect on our souls. Our lives do have meaning and meaning gives us hope. You know, a woman came into a group I was in one day and she sat down and she just blurted out this litany of all the things happening in her life and how overwhelmed she was. And then after she did all that, she just shrugged her shoulders and she cheerfully proclaimed, but it's all illusions, so it's all okay. And I went, wow. It's the most perfect example of spiritual bypass I have ever witnessed. And by the way, if you want more on spiritual bypass, there's a handout out at the hub. But this woman was really struggling, and I suspect what she was trying to say was, I know this will pass, but she was not taking the time to acknowledge how she really felt. She was just desperately trying to quote, 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 quote um, cope, and you know, so she just said, well, it's all an illusion, so it doesn't matter. Basically, it's all an illusion, it doesn't matter, and I can go on. But I could tell from the stress in her body, the stress in her voice, it did matter to her. I didn't see her much after that, and she wasn't a person who would have shared deeply with me anyway, we just we weren't that close. But I think about that often. This happened many years ago. And it showed me how ignoring something is really a sign of emotional attachment to a situation. You would think that you're not, I'm not thinking about it so I'm not attached, but the more you ignore it, probably the more attached we are. And the more we complain about something, honestly, the longer we get to keep it. How do I feel is the first question on that list. I feel angry, I feel scared, I feel frustrated, I feel sad. These are all very healthy things to express and to acknowledge, to bring up to where you can see it. Staying in the tunnel of frustration where you feel trapped 
is not healthy. Ask your questions. You don't have to tell anyone the answers. Sometimes just admitting how you feel to yourself is a big enough job. When you have the courage to really look at what's going on and then acknowledge it, that is when you can change your thinking and thereby by change your emotions. And when your thoughts and emotions change, so does your life experience. Things on the outside might not change, but that's not what's important. All things do come to pass. Change is inevitable. And all we are called to do is trust the process. That's all. <laughs> Nothing big there. Faith takes us a long way in this. You know, we can get in our little boat and we can paddle like crazy trying to avoid the rocks and rapids, rapids and maybe the rabbits. We can also, or we can get into our boat and gently propel ourselves along. Or, if we really trust, we simply move along without having to work hard at it at all. That trust comes from living from the inside out. Trusting that the deep, still presence within us is always here, always active. Underneath all our anxiety and activity is the quiet force of love buoying us up, giving us courage, sustaining us through the rapids of life until it becomes smooth again. What do you suppose would have happened if Hamlet had taken a different path? One of non-resistance and trust? Well, not everybody would have died, and the play would have been a total and complete flop instead of the most <laughs> famous one in the world. We don't always like a situation. We don't always like a certain result. Yet, if we hold true to our course, it will pass, it will change. And then, it will change again. And so when you to feel tossed about, remember your inner presence, the one unchanging part of you. Acknowledge your turmoil and concern. Carry it back within and set it on that unchanging altar of divine love. Release it and trust the presence. Because the presence is all there is. All else passes away. We are renewed. And all is well. And so it is. And of course, each week we have a, an affirmation that goes with our chapter. Let us say this one together. I meet each circumstance knowing that the light within is greater than any challenge in the world. I do not rely, deny its reality. I deny its permanence. I know everything shall pass and all is well. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Transforming lives as we love, serve, and remain.
one heart. One heart.